the Freelance Dance, a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the Freelance Dance. My name is Jake Knight, joined by my co-hosts, Marty Theory and Brandon Watts. Welcome to the Freelance Dance. Oh, man. All right. Third time's a charm. That's funny. So, hope you guys enjoyed that intro music. It's <laughs> good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, so it's been, it actually has been several weeks since we've been able to do this. I think, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a few. So anything, any new or remarkable? Well, unfortunately we haven't launched this podcast yet at the time of this recording, which I think the last episode of the episode before we promised ourselves we would. So that, that is probably something we need to talk Uh, about. Yeah. Roadblocks to getting this done. What's beautiful is that by the time anybody does listen to this, it will be published. It's, it'll be sure. in, uh, they'll be like, man, these guys, look at that. They didn't, they didn't think they could do it, and they did. They did it. It's out there. They released it's it. out there. We did it. We're so proud of ourselves. Sponsors are like, man, can't wait to <laughs> get, get a piece of that. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think I hinted towards the fact that I was changing my work, but I, am, I have officially changed my work. That is a big deal for me. Don't need to go on and on about it because I've talked about it a little bit before, but I am on the yes, on a different freelance road, a productized freelance road, which is something we will talk about at some point. But I have no no ongoing clients, which is very uncomfortable for someone in PR. I don't have that retainer that I love so much and that helps me budget. So I've got a client I'm working with this month. Beyond that, zero. And uh, so that's scary, but this is the life, okay. the freelance life. This is the dance we talk about. It is. So, I mean, that's that's unnerving. I mean, it's sort of like, um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever attended any dances in your teen years, um, but that like asking someone to dance is like the hardest thing ever to do. So there was a lot, I don't know if you guys heard this too, but when you asked a girl to dance, if she said no, you were supposed to say, no, I said you look fat in those pants. Did you ever Ba-doom. hear that? Ba-doom. No, okay. no, no. I never had to I'll... use it because I never asked anybody to dance. So, I mean, that's another thing. But, um, <laughs> but it's uncomfortable, right, Brandon? I mean, this is this. Oh, it's it's uh, this is where the rubber meets the road, as they say. <laughs> this is the real test. It's one thing to talk about it, but um, it's thrilling and terrifying all at the same time. And you know what? I I the time was right. It's time to try something new. My first, I did my first client in my new productized model and it went very well. They were happy with it. They're telling others about it. So that's, that's my first big sign. So now I'm actually going through and refining a lot of the process that I first created and trying to, trying to apply what I've learned. So I'm updating the website. I'm updating the presentation. Um, Stay tuned for a nice pick on the presentation at the end of this episode. I am making a good use of a tool that I have loved before. So but yeah, it's, okay. it's, uh, it's good. What about social media? Has your, uh, have you changed your, your, uh, opinion about any using social media for this at all? So I, I did make my very first post on LinkedIn. Can you believe that? How long have I had an account? 2008? I don't even know. I was one of the first users of LinkedIn. Like I signed up for all that stuff when it first came out, just like Twitter. But I did, I did make a post, you know, and uh, nice. said that I made the transition to doing this type of work and uh, got like 16, 17 likes, which was huge. It felt good to see Whoa. that social. <laughs> it's a big deal. No. Any comments? Uh, 
Yeah, my uh, previous person I work with commented. Yeah, nice. yeah, but a lot bunch of likes and stuff. Um, but yeah, I I am going to be using Careful. LinkedIn. It's addictive. I, yeah, I I am going Dopamine. to be using LinkedIn for for work. In fact, I I just wrote an article for a PR publication, one of the big ones, and they accepted it. So they're going to be publishing it soon. Again, you know, I'm posting that under, on LinkedIn. This is under your. This isn't in behalf of somebody else, right? No, this is me writing my own articles like I used for to. Wattsware. My own branding, yes. And you know what's amazing? I, I wrote this article. I sent it to them. 30 minutes later, they said yes. 30 minutes after that, they'd already edited it. And then they're going to post it at some point. But it just shows did you. I mean, you just got to do stuff, you know? I mean, you always get your intimidated. Do they edit your name out of it and like your brand? <laughs> oh, thankfully. Label it for themselves. Okay, good. And for SEO, yeah. I've got my backlink, you know? Yeah. But That's right. yeah, this is the stuff I used to do back in the day. I used to write articles for big publications and stuff. And now it's kind of my, this is what I'm treating as my lead generation and my business development I mean, is direct we're, pitches we're all, and articles. Yeah. We are our biggest critics. We're the ones that say no before people say yes to us, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like imposter syndrome and everything else that comes with that. I feel like, you know, you're absolutely right. Just do the work and get it and, and put it out there and see what happens. And, the and here, here's the thing I would say, nothing. a big, a big learning. I've done this in the past fast company entrepreneur. I wrote for all those years ago. Um, but, and, and this one's not even for where my customer will find me. This is a PR trade publication, but I'm doing it to build my expertise and profile. It's not for clients. It's for like Lex, you're the word. Yeah. You got it. thought leadership, that terrible word. But here's the thing, like for any freelancer listening, it was a 450 word article about something I believe in. And I didn't have to think too much about it because I believe in it strongly. 450 words. Think how long that takes you to write that. Not very long. You know, if you're really thoughtful and we're doing research one to two hours, maybe. And then I just pitched it to the top publication. They, they're going to publish it. It's like, these are things that all of us should be thinking about and doing. It, it helps your profile so much when you're doing a pitch to say, yeah, as you've seen me in this, this, this publication. But, and like Marty said, you get, you start to think that you just can't do it or no one wants to hear what you have to say, but you would be surprised. Just, just try so, it. So here's, here's one of my things, because I, I have, I've held a false belief that I'm a bad writer in the past. Like just that oh, I'm not a writer. I didn't, I didn't take, you know, I didn't do senior English and I just, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, so you tell yourself that long enough and then you believe it and you just don't write. Um, so I found a couple of hacks. A, it's probably not true. You're probably better at writing than you think, especially if you're in freelance, at least getting your words out. Uh, mm-hmm. Small side plug for a tool called Grammarly, which yes. I subscribe to that helps catch some of those stupid things like commas that are just like the worst. Um, but then also I've done text. I've recorded the audio of what I'm saying and then had that transcribed into an article and like holy cow with minimal editing my voice is there literally and it's like that's okay that's how i talk that's what i would say and that's what it's written so that's my other little hack if you struggle get a bullet get an outline together talk about the five things that you think are important and to your point brandon i think you have to be knowledgeable about it be passionate about it um or talk about something you hate i mean because that's another way to like get emotion involved and that's what readers want to hear about they want to Yes. Yeah. They want to be moved. The best, the best content from a PR perspective, whatever is the contrarian content. It's saying something that no one else says or very few other people say, because everyone knows, like if you read one more article about how mobile is going to change the world, you just want to die. 
Like people really? are still saying those. It no, is? people are still. I know. Isn't that shocking? <clears throat> people are still writing these articles, and you just see them, and it's so generic, and it's such a mass viewpoint. It's like mm-hmm. no one cares. But if you say something like, "Here's why mobile is going to fail in two years," whether that's educated or not, suddenly you're like, "Oh, I got to check out what that guy's saying." It's just basic, basic marketing and attention grabbing. But yeah, if you if you believe in something strongly that you don't really hear people talking about in your in- industry. I think what you said, Jake, is so smart too, because the tra- the voice transcription is getting so good now that don't let writing scare you. Just talk about mm-hmm. it. Have like a simple outline, then run it through Grammarly. And honestly, that one-two combo, you probably won't have to do much else to it. It's going to be pretty good content and it will feel natural because it's going to be in your voice, like you said. Yep. Yep. Um, how about you, there, Martin? There are, you commu- do there are communities built. There are communities built on unpopular opinions and you could write a hole <laughs> there are yeah. <laughs> that is true um, do i do much writing um you know what i do um i i do this i do this thing where i, I will document um what i'm working on or how i'm working on it and in order to better explain it to who i'm working with or who i'm or my client um, is it somewhere that's like publicly accessible? No. Um, but I have thought that, Hey, this could be a good blog post. Hey, this could be a good article. Um, <clears throat> I do enjoy writing it. Um, like you said, I like to do like an outline and just kind of go through and see what I got, what I need to do, um, or what, what I want to talk about. But yeah, no, definitely like stuff like being able to explain why you're, you're creating this new feature or why you're coming out with this new or how you're uh, fixing this bug or how you're going to make this better for somebody who's working on your app or your website. Um, those little things, those can even be just, you know, Hey, this is your professional opinion about things. And that can be, you know, all that can be put in a, put in a blog. So, so probably my biggest failing is that I have all these thoughts. I have all of these opinions about things. I'll even express them to clients or in like in meetings, I don't ever document them. And so just anecdotal random thing, I'm trying to convince a client that they need to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, They put it before the board about a month ago and the board is like, what's a podcast? Like who who are we reaching? What's the plan? Right. I mean, so they just, they don't understand. They, I, I was a little bit, I took it for granted that they probably would have a understand how this would reach a market that they aren't reaching, but they're like, well, could we do video with it? I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's, it's different. So anyway, I explained in a, like a few weeks ago, I talked to the, the assistant who I'm, her and I both listen to podcasts who will put a little presentation that I'm putting together for next Tuesday for their board meeting. Um, and so I told her, I said, here's my, here's my over my long-term plan. What I'd love to see this organization do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And she's like, oh, wow. Okay. That's great. I yesterday do a little research for it. I found a podcast that works with vacation, you know, vacation tourism entities. They've been doing this a year. The most recent episode was why a DMO or a direct marketing organization should have a podcast. And I was like, shoot, I'm just going to listen to this. I'll jot some notes and I'm not anything, nothing. He said, they've been doing it for a year. Nothing. He said was new. I had already said all of those things to the person who, that I worked with. And I was like, dang it. So I think sometimes like it's the vehicle to get the information out. Like what vehicle, I mean, Brandon, you, you reached out to the publication, but I mean, could you just do this on your own 
blog? I mean, could you just do this in your own space? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a, so there's the pluses and minuses conversation there. So, you know, a lot of people will tell you, do it on your own brand, your own blog. Um, I've had my own blog before. I've run blogs for companies. I understand that dynamic and how you want to have owned content for me. And again, I like to run my business in ways that might not be the best ways, but it's the way it fits for me and the size of business I want. But I'd much rather spend my time getting external validation. So this article, I could have written it and posted my blog and it would be there forever and be great. But now I can say I've been published by, in this case, PR News, which is like one of the leading industry publications. And, you know, there's ways you can post it on your blog and then have them repost it. But again, for me, it's more about saying I've been covered in all these areas. And I've got a big portfolio of these brands now that when I get do a pitch meeting, it's like Adweek, it's this, Wired, mm-hmm. you know, I've written for all these people it's much different than just saying, yeah, I have a blog with some great stuff. Like right, saying, right. having their validation, their editorial decision that it was worth sharing just makes your viewpoint even more important. So everyone probably should have a blog that has like a business, like a real business. And all. I mean, I do agree with that. But again, I, I try to run my business in a little different way. Probably not the smartest, but that approach to me, give well, them the exclusive too. And that's what I did in my pitch was exclusive in the sub- subject line. In other words, I'm not trying to get you to publish something that I've already had 10 other places. Mm, This is only yours. And that's when they respond quick. It's got to be an exclusive. Yeah. I I think the goal, the goals are a little bit different depending on, you know, what you're trying Mm -hmm. to do and what some other people are trying to do. Yeah. It's different per person. But for me, I love the exclusive. I like to pick publications I think will look really good if I'm there and just keep hammering away at ideas with them and give them exclusives until they accept. And usually per if any industry you're in, like Jake, there's a bunch of marketing blogs, Marty of obviously mm-hmm. tons of design blogs, make a list of your top 10 that no, you think you that you que- read. You took the question out of my head, man. I was going to ask. So no, no, thank you. The 10 that you read and that have a decent following. I always check the Twitter. I mean, I know that's not a great metric, but number of followers in the case of a publication is kind of does indicate some level of prestige. Mm -hmm. So, you know, ones you like, ones that have a good audience, make a list of top 10. And all you do is just work down the list and offer each one of them the exclusive until someone takes it. More than likely, one of them will take it. It might take, you know, might take a while to get the publication accepted, but it's just a matter of a numbers game. And you just cycle in another. As soon as you're working through the list, write another one and start from the top. And And, and do you think the more niche you are probably is like the, the better Yes. I mean, the more hyper, hyper focus, if you're talking about PR and generalities, it's probably not as good if you are looking at it from this tiny point. And you better believe I'm going to do articles on like European startups and tech, because that's what I'm focused mm-hmm. on, where I can pitch those blogs like Tech EU, mm-hmm. which is a huge European tech blog. Um, but I wanted to write a PR industry insider thing. And trade press is usually pretty, pretty easy to get published in because it's it is a very focused audience. You, you are opening my eyes. Um, so, and, and here's maybe another little thing. Um, when I started doing work for this particular brewery, we're trying to sell more merchandise. And I'm like, well, just have your staff, have all the wait staff at the end of every order. Just say, hey, before you go, make sure you check out our merchandise. And if you wanted to go, six pack to go, let me know. I can add it to your, add it to your final bill. They haven't done it yet. It's been a year. So I suggested this, like one of my first meetings with them, like you want to raise sales, just have every person just keep repeating that. Literally two months later, 
in a brewery publication, an article, the owner of the brewery sends me and it was like, Hey, here's some good things I saw. I'm like, shoot, I've been saying all, this is all the stuff I've been saying. <laughs> and it was like, you could raise bottom line if your sales stat, you know, like, so I think what you say um, is really interesting about finding publications that are in the industry. And yes. because chances are, if you have, <clears throat> if you Google it, I mean, and you don't see anybody having a conversation about it, right about it. It's not hard. It's not hard. Yeah. And, and SEO, the way search engines work now, there's all these, these blogs and sites that have created these top 10 lists. So you can search best blogs about whatever, and you're basically mm. going to get a list to focus on even, but more than likely, if you're in the industry, you know what they are. Cause you already have come across them, but it's, it's really not complicated. And like, is it just a basic marketing tip? It's get your client or get yourself in the trade publications that you are interested in or that are cover your industry. You've got to have so a strong Jake, opinion, but it works. Are you saying that your, your client would have listened to you if they read it? Uh, read what you had, you had said instead of heard it from you specifically. Um, y- yeah. So, so th- I mean, I to to that point. I mean, with a lot of people hire us, they're hiring us because we're an expert. Or we've presented ourselves as an expert, or at least adequate. You know, let's be real. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we're the only person who applied for whatever contract. <laughs> um, but so they have to learn the credibility with, you know, working with you and they have to learn that you, that they can trust what you're saying, but when it's printed digital, otherwise it's like all of a sudden there's like this stamp. I mean, we see it in social media and people believing whatever they want to believe because it's, if they've, they read it, it's there. Um, But I've, until this point, I've never actually thought about how to leverage that information for myself for my own selfish needs to like, Hey client, read this. This is something I wrote for this blog article. Or, you know what? I mean, I, I mean, Brandon, you've got to have, imagine at some point on the road, someone's going to go, Oh my goodness, this is the PR guy that I use. This is that we use his tools. Like he's a, that was a great article, you know? So I just, yeah. Being it's, selfish it, about it. Yeah. And for like Marty has designs he can show off, which are good. Mm-hmm. Cause that does tell you a lot about his skill because he's producing something like that. For you and right. me, Jake, it's maybe a little more difficult because it's so nuanced. Like I can't really point to, I can point to coverage that a client has gotten, or I can show a chart about increase in sales or visits or whatever, but it's not really finite. It doesn't really cover the whole scope of what I'm doing for someone. So for me, what opens the door is, okay, list of clients by name mm-hmm. and industry or whatever. That's great. Secondarily, it's quotes from those clients. That's that in their own words saying, showing, you know, that you're valid. And then third, it's outside, um, outside sources, you know, kind of verifying that I know what I'm talking about. And that's where the contributed articles come in. So when you match up, yeah, I've been published in fast company ad week. I've had clients that are multinational and here's what they have to say about me. That's kind of your whole sales pitch right there. Like you don't need to say much else. Right. That's what I try to do. And I, I've been lax on that because I've had such long relationships with clients for years. But now that I'm trying to bring people in and out of a program, I got to get more recent on this activity. So that's why I'm starting from scratch, so to speak. Okay. I think that's super valuable. I think that's super valuable. Um, yeah, I, I actually, yeah, that's incredible, man. That's incredible. I'm like, if you, if you paid money for this episode, you got your money's worth. So like that get writing alone right there, get, get writing, producing content. Um, 
Yeah, that's great. Um, I could talk about that for, for a long time, but I do want to pivot just a little bit. Um, it's been March to November, right? Since pan, I mean, pandemic kind of stuck lockdown, mm. not going, not doing, um, working from home as a freelancer or working from, you know, maybe an off a remote office or something. Have you guys been able to find a, a breakaway to, you know, change your scenery, you know, in the past several months or what's that kind of been like? I did. Well, we went away for like a week to the mountains, um, to, uh, LJ, Georgia. That was, a nice little break. It was in August. It was at the end. It was nice to go up up there and look at the mountains. Um, <clears throat> didn't do any work for a whole week, which was crazy. Um, did you have internet? We did. We had internet. Okay. Um, something that was like, <laughs> for whatever reason, fun was watching every single Mission Impossible movie <laughs> every day <laughs> for whatever reason. It's like, hey. We, we, we're on, we're on Mission Impossible 5. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's, that's, that's you know, good, though. It's I like, mean, it, it's you know, a random, a random 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You just ate lunch. You're about to fall asleep. Might as well. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it, you know, just like we got a cabin up in, in the woods. It was beautiful. It was nice and just relaxing. It was just, it, it rained the whole time. So that's why we're kind of stuck indoors. But, um, <clears throat> you know, we've been stuck indoors for months, so. Was it rejuvenating to be in a different location? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was super rejuvenating. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. Brandon, what about you? I We haven't taken a trip out yet, and we're we're going to need to at some point here. We're just going to see how this goes. But we have we did take some time off for, like, our anniversary and did a staycation thing, and that was really nice. Went to some parks and, and had a good time. Um probably will do some sort of local staycation thing too at a condo or something just to kind of get out of the house. Cause it, it's negatively affecting all of us. But my, I mean, it's just, you know, it, we feel this pain that everyone else feels of just being in the same spot all the time. So I, I do want to do that soon, but no crazy trips are out of state or anything yet. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully at some point, but yeah, Marty's trip sounds great. Honestly, a cabin in the woods. I used to live in the mountains near where he was talking about and, that is a great disconnect. So well done on that choice. But Jake, I'm really interested in what you've done because this is this is where things get interesting. And I don't know what's happened on this trip. I'm just glad you're alive. Yeah, uh, me too. It was kind of it was kind of debatable if you make it out. But let's let's um, hear let's hear the uh, mountain man story. <laughs> uh, so so uh, in I'm in Michigan. Um, we have uh, uh, an island off the the western coast called Manitou. There's South Manitou and North Manitou. Um, North Manitou is probably 20 miles, 20 square miles. It's like seven by four ish, like four miles wide, you know, long, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of land. I mean, that's a lot yeah. of land and it's fairly hilly too. So every year they do, um, they, they do, a a week long, they let you camp and hunt on the Island. So if you don't like hunting, I'm sorry, don't worry. I didn't kill anything. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we've been kind of planning this trip. It's wilderness backpacking um, on an island. Normally, there's this massive boat that, like a, a ferry, that takes people there and back. But the um, because of the the lake currents and everything, the harbor can, can't fit it. So there's like a, a dock and a ranger station, small little, you know, camp 
ground on the island. So it was charter boats that take just these, this one company that was taking people there and back. Um, so we've been planning this for a while. My father-in-law is, they used to go there all the time when, when, you know, 24 years ago was the last time he went, but he went for almost two decades every year. So we got all of our stuff and, um, I'm you know, kind of looking forward to unplugging. Well, I was supposed to go on Saturday, but he got there on Thursday cause he got a head start and, you know, sent me a message that said, Hey, you should try to get over on Friday. Cause the weather's gonna be super bad and the boat's probably not going to run on Saturday. So I was like, Oh geez. So I called and yep, sure enough, you can get me in on Friday. So that was already kind of a packed week of activity. And then I had to like rush it early. So that was a little stressful, but anyway, um, we, you know, got on the charter boat, six of us on this not very big boat, you know, masked up and everything. Um, but it was three to five foot swells in the lake. And it was about a 30 minute boat ride from what short of the next, I don't know how many miles it is. So three to five feet don't seem that big. Oh my God. I thought it could have been 20 feet for all. I, we got airborne a couple of times, like I'm holding on to railings and, um, we didn't lose anything, which is cool. Uh, so we get, you know, get to the Island and there we are. Um, I let all my clients know the ones that have regular contact with it. Hey, I'm going to be out for a week, no internet access, you know, um, sadly the Island did have a tower. So it had a cell tower at the ranger station. Um, but thankfully it didn't really work that well inland. So once I kind of went inland, I, I lost signal, but, um, I really wanted to reset you just want to be um, off the map, no notifications. No Sounds notifications. Amazing. So I did actually, I deleted Facebook app off my phone. Um, I turned off my Gmail notification icon so I wouldn't mm-hmm. know. And I actually, very proud of myself. I went nine days without opening up Gmail. Whoa. Is, is, that is my, you know, that's the inbox, you know, that's where work comes in. Um, so, so that I still had access to like Instagram, you know, which I would, there's literally nothing to do at night or, you know, you coming back from it's dark. So from a freelance perspective, um, I mean, I have an assistant too. So it wasn't like I was a hundred percent radio in the dark. I did have a message come through Friday for an ad copy that I had to change the, you know, in the morning that I got whatever. Um, but that being able to like, purposefully unplug when it, what feels like at the start of COVID, it was just like hundred percent connected every day, all day. Like just yeah. always what's well, what day is it? It's today day. I don't know. It's just, it's today. Um, another so zoom day, another zoom day. <laughs> um, so that was probably the most, well, a, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Spider-Man homecoming. There is like a scene where he's locked inside of a warehouse mm-hmm. and then he like, does all these things and looks at his watch and it's been 20 minutes. Um, that's how every day felt. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was like, what time is it? Oh, it's 8 30 AM. Okay. Oh, 8 41. <laughs> okay. Nine o'clock. So by the last day, and I'm not joking, I literally would be look at the, like where the sun was in the sky and be like, okay, I'm like one o'clock, like one Oh five. Look at the watch. Dang it. One ten. That was close. Like that's the sort of like entertainment that I had. Um, but so here's the here's the nearly died story. Um, it's wilderness backpacking. So we have a, a tent and a little a little stove in the in the tent, and uh, it wasn't wasn't working really well. My first night there, we froze. We couldn't. I woke up from two to three in the morning. We tried to like get it lit and get it started. It just for whatever reason, the oxygen pull or it just w- could not stay lit. Side note: we only had two lighters between the two of us for the entire week. So that was. Um, I have a I have a different like 
list of the things I should have brought, which included lots of important things, um, like a torch. So, so that night sucked. Um, the next day after, you know, hunting, I came back and I like prepared a bag of like wood chips and like stuff to like use a little ax and, you know, just to create kindlings. We didn't have any of that. So I'm like, we're going to be okay. Well, the weather app said there was a major storm coming through and it was going to be 60 mile an hour winds. And the temperature was going to go from like, it was 72 on Saturday to like, it was going to feel like 19 degrees and it was going to snow and sleep and all that kind of stuff. So I had already determined I'm just staying in on Sunday. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, I'm not hunting. I'm not going outside. I'm just going to tend the fire and live my best life inside of a tent. (laughs) Um, So 1030, we go to bed, um, fire's going. And, uh, and where I'm sleeping, I can see the, the, the stove little, it's, it's, it looks like a shoe box, like a glorified shoe box. Um, and so like, I opened my eyes and it had been like, it was like 1030 or 11 o'clock. So 30 minutes had gone by. And I don't know if you guys have like ever gone to like a hotel or stayed somewhere. And like, you open up your eyes in the middle of the night or like in the morning, you're like, where am I at? Like, I don't recognize this oh, yeah. thing. Oh yes. Okay. So that was the feeling as I'm laying there. I'm like, this, I don't see the stove. I don't see this thing that always, and I was like, this is weird. I'm like, hey, Dave, do you see the stove? It's gone. And a little pause. And he goes, yeah, it's right here. What did like the wind had caught the chimney and it was a, it's a titanium, super lightweight. And it, it, the wind took the chimney, shoved the stove into the tent. And like, it was like two feet from his face oh. and it's going, you know, there's a fire in it. Um, and there's no, wow. like, there. so it's smoking in the tent, which is, you know, not good for anybody. Um, all the while, while the wind <laughs> is like ripping outside and like, um, did I mention there's no floor in the tent because it's a, it got a stove in it. So the sides just go to the earth. So I had packed leaves around. Yeah. Look it up, man. It's a thing. Um, so we're getting wind, like whipping through the tent and like, it's ripping the chimney. So we get it kind of put this in like, burning about to... hands. Kid you not. You hear that unmistakable sound of a tree cracking. And it's like, we both just literally ducked and grabbed our heads. And like, we're, we're each on each side of the, the camp stove in the tent. And I'm just waiting. Cause you just hear this massive, like crack. And there was silence and we're waiting. And then we hear it hit and it was close. So we pop outside the tent to like, take a look. Well, before that happened, we kind of secured the, the stove pipe back on, but in the process of looking at the tree that fell 20 feet away, mind you, it was probably 14 inches across. I mean, it was a, it would have, it was a widow maker for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the wind grabs the stove again, chucks it forward. This time the door is open because we're trying to get it restarted and chucks coals onto the floor. So my father-in-law oh. grabs the, he grabs the thing, throw, chucks it outside, throws the whole stove outside the tent, grabs the coals and there's the holes in the floor, flooring of the tent. Um, and like, it just had this moment where like, okay, we almost died. Now we have no fire and it's 19 degrees outside and blowing so it was kind of at that moment where i was like well i guess it can't really get much worse than this <laughs> you know so i i uh, famous last words famous last words i slept with a five gallon bucket next to my head with had a lid on it that was like our my food bucket that i brought in you know those home depot buckets they got those yep whatever because i'm thinking if a tree does fall it's going to hit the hit bucket it. first <laughs> and maybe glance off the side at least Less at interference. Point. It's a scientific. Uh... <laughs> yes, right. Seems logical. Um, but anyway, so I thankfully the the uh, sleeping bag that I had, and here's a plug for North Face. It was uh, it was made June 
1979. Oh, wow. This is a a sleeping bag that was my mother-in-law's and she let me borrow it. It's the cocoon kind of zips around your face. You know, if I didn't have that thing, man, I don't know, but I was like comfortable. I was able to sleep ish, you know, outside of hearing trees fall and the wind break, you know, um, what was the wind chill? Do you think? So it's 19 degrees approximately. So, so that was the, Oh geez. I don't know. I don't know. It was definitely, you think it was like sub zero and you were probably out there sub zero maybe. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far. It was probably in the teens, low teens. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, you're in the woods camping. I, you just, I never hit, it didn't even occur to me the thought of a windstorm, you know, and what do you do? There's no windows. You can't like look out and check to see where the tree's going to fall. So anyway, that was, that was my near death experience in the woods. But I have to tell you though, like for the rest of the week, we had pretty great weather, nothing, nothing horrible happened. And it actually was like, it was kind of, it was kind of Zen after that because it was like man you you almost die you think you're almost going to die and i'm sure people have been through much worse tragedies and this really wasn't that big of a deal on the grand scheme of things you know i don't don't, like people are actually dying and whatever um but it does it does kind of just like go you know what uh that's not that big of a deal um deadline not that big of a deal whatever we're gonna miss it no we're we're gonna we're gonna move on it's gonna be Um, okay but yeah. I am going back next year. I am going to go back Good. now that I know what I know. Um, and I may not actually take, if I do take a phone, I probably will turn it off and store it. So I don't even have access to that. Yeah. So how, how long approximately do you think it took to start to relax? Well, it was after Just that curious. Sunday for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, I mean, coming down off your normal schedule, because yep. it always yep. takes me a few days at least. But when you're in a place where there's nothing to do, I'm wondering if that's quicker or if it takes longer or what the deal is. I think it made me realize super quickly how much I'm attached to my phone or just the Internet in general. Yeah. Um, yes. So, so, so coming, I don't know, man, I probably it was probably middle of the week, like probably Tuesday or Wednesday of like that next week. And I came home that following Friday. Um, that was probably that week that I was like, okay, I got a good, I got a good routine. I know what I'm doing. Like I'm okay. Not looking at my, my mail. Like I was having like, I was pretty calm about it. Um, but it wasn't instant. That's for sure. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't instant. No. Um, but, but here's, here's my takeaways. And I think, I think this is something that anybody who does freelance and wants to get away um, is that when you come back, I was determined and still am, and I'm still working through some things um, emotionally. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you found a new Jake on this trip. <laughs> um, so, so like I, I had to put Facebook back on my phone cause I do client work for, and I have social and I've got to post stuff. And I just, that was a requirement, but the notifications have stayed off. That is a decision I've made to to keep off. Um, My email, I've made a decision to keep my notifications off on my email on my phone. Because here's what I'm thinking. If there is a point where I need to check my email, Mm -hmm. then I will check it. Um, If there's a reason that someone really needs to get a hold of me, they're not emailing me, they're going to call me. You know? Yeah. So, and I also, I had a game I used to play. Um on the phone it used to just suck up random time um and i haven't played it since i left for the island that's been almost two weeks now probably going to delete it off the phone 
um, I think just being more conscious about where you spend your time. It is finite, you know? I mean, it's not like we have an unlimited resource of time right now. Um, and I, I want to, as a wise proverb once said, I want to direct my blows a little, a little, a little more powerfully, a little more direct, you know, I want to make better choices. So that was kind of my, my takeaways. I didn't want to come back and fall into the same routine yeah. of being overly busy. So yeah, there's my story. Good takeaways. <laughs> so did, did it ever hit to, so it took, you explained how long mm-hmm. it took you to kind of unwind, but in that kind of a trip where you're literally in the middle of nowhere with no external things happening on happening day to day, you did it ever, did time start to speed up? Like you said, like every 20 minutes felt like an hour or two hours, like towards the end of the trip, did it feel like a normal day? You kind of settled into just soaking it all in or did it always feel like the day was forever? <laughs> You know what? I'll chalk this up to, uh, you know, ADHD or whatever. Um, It was very hard to be to be singly focused, because you know, because your your our our days is working as freelancers. We've got so many external stimuli, and you've got this thing you're doing, and this thing you're doing, and there's a text message and this thing. So it's like, I think by the last couple of days, I was finding more like internal peace. But like the first couple of days, I had I whittled. Man, I grabbed a knife and I was like, I'll create a shape. Um, I made a stick that was the shape of a square. And then I made one that was a triangle. I like, well, what is a circle? And like, let's carve that. So um, I gave food to chipmunks that were running around nearby me. Um, I, so- I think that that connects with the lesson. I think a lot of people realize, and you, you've heard this from people that are supposedly rich or whatever that have retired or celebrities. Like I've got so much money. I'm going to buy this house. And I'm just going to sit there and sit on my, look at the ocean. no, Anyone who is you like us, like a freelancer or, you know, doing things and being successful or whatever, trying to be successful at what they do. It sounds like sitting and doing nothing is fantastic, but boy, you try a day or two of that and you're ready to do something, maybe not work, but something. Mm-hmm. And I think that your, your, your experience connects with that. Like I, I romanticize the idea too of like, and I live near the beach, but like say the example of in like Marty said, the mountains, getting a cabin in the mountains and just. I romanticize the idea of just sitting there on the couch and with a fire and a good drink and just kind of sitting there, but that's going to get old oh, yeah. pretty quick. You, get, you got to have old. stuff going on. Yeah. It gets old. There's just, there's just so many mission impossibles you can watch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of them, but still there's just so many times you could, you could just sit there and watch what's his but, name running. But uh, I tell you though, take, I think, I think you should Tom Cruise. I think it's a good experiment to literally to to go to do a digital detox you know to do to do a de- to to see if you can separate cuz I don't I don't know about you guys but like I grew up without the tech stuff you know I mean we computers when I was a teenager and like you know the internet was kind of a new thing in the mid 90s um but you know childhood's playing in the forest playing in the woods outside. just doing you're outside yep. all the time um Country. that I miss I did like it did rekindle this love for the outside that I've always had, but because of, you know, my wife had limes. And so we pretty much stopped going outside and camping and doing anything in the, in nature. Um, but I'm like, we used to always do stuff like that. And it did definitely regenerate that. Like, you know, man, I made it a week in the woods on my own with just two lighters. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just spending that time outside, I think unplugging, purposefully disconnecting not accidentally not forgetting your phone at home when you go somewhere but like yeah purposefully saying you know, i'm taking a digital break 
So, well, yeah. I think well I, I've no, I've noticed for me too, like just small little small things like <clears throat> not having social media apps or news apps on my phone the past like two or three weeks. This is a huge big deal for me. Like I feel like that has definitely changed. I mean, you just you kind of you're used to knowing things, and like I mean, like for instance, today you said that stocks did something mm-hmm. different today and usually i would have known that mm. only because i have the news app that send me a notification or or instagram or facebook or something that was going to show me i'm just like you know what i don't need like if i i want to purposely if i need to see that information i want to go there i'm sitting at my desk okay i'm going to go there and look at that information if i need it like the old days <laughs> right mm-hmm. yes. otherwise otherwise my phone is for you know, a text message um, because people who need to talk to me need to talk to me. Um, and that's it. You know, phone, all that good stuff. Um, I, although I I will say, though, that I am now playing solitaire a lot more. <laughs> it's, it's a replacement, right, though? So what's what's that's the actually worst? a good thing? Yeah. Yeah. What's, I, what's I, the worst? Yeah. And I don't mind solitaire. Solitaire to me is a fun game. No, so That's good. I think it's best to play in groups of people. Yeah, you're talking about the good old days, Jake. The irony, you know, I'm talking about playing. Oh yeah, solitaire with people. You learned some good dad jokes out there in the wilderness. Oh my goodness, so many, so many. (laughs) Well, Um, to to Marty's point though about the social, and we we talked about social media the first episode because that's such a big topic. But I find myself scrolling through LinkedIn now, which isn't something I used to do, but for many reasons, it's kind of my one channel I think for my new business, and I also like to scroll through Twitter. Think about what three minutes of scrolling through one of those apps does to your brain. Like I just, while he was talking about that, I probably saw a hundred posts in five minutes and all of that outside stimulation is just cluttering your brain. And like Mm -hmm. I I talked about before, like I I know my anxiety, like just general tech anxiety is very real being too connected, too much information, too many podcasts I want to listen to never feeling like you're producing good enough because you've watched these people Mm. producing great stuff. It's all very damaging. Like there's no net benefit to all of this stuff. Um, and that's why apps. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I had two Twitter apps on my phone. One Twitter app was good for keep it up with my industry. The other Twitter app was keep it up with the garbage, just, you know, entertainment, politics, news, whatever, everything that's going on. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) but okay. So, so this is, there's been a, a lot of research done in this space. And I don't know if you guys, I think you have it on your bookshelf back there. Do you have deep work? Yes. Like it's not mine. Board. It's actually, okay. it's a Brandon's. It's Brandon's. Okay. <laughs> oh, um, you know, I'm all into that book. <laughs> well, so, I mean, part of that whole philosophy behind his thing was like, deep work is a superpower. And that if we're distracted all the time, we can't do deep work. Um, and I mean, I think there's a, there's a balance. I, I mean, in in the industry, you you cannot be isolationist and work. You, you do have to have some input. But here's the thing: there are behavioral scientists, cognitive sci- psychologists that are all working with these software companies. They're yeah. literally they're of literally course. writing all of the things to keep you attached to it. So at some point in time, I think it's important to go: Do I want to be attached to this Twitter app, or am I being am, am I being hijacked? Right? Is my brain are, being exactly. hijacked? Yeah, um, being hijacked. And that I, I, yeah. I was just listening to a podcast today, and it's it's called Focus, which is interesting. It's on the Relay Network. 
Oh, I've been, I've been wanting to listen. It's a good to one. It's a good one. But uh, anyways, they were talking about retreats and all that. But one insight from that deep work book, if you haven't read it, I've told, I told Marty about this when I first read the book that I love so much. It, I think it starts off with this experience of this woman who had to get this report done and she was up against the wall on getting it done. And she just, she was distracted by everything. So what did she do to finish this report in like two days? She bought a round trip ticket to like Japan. Yeah. And it made financial sense for her to sit on a plane and have no, no external way. anything and to just sit down uninterrupted and finish this report. That to me was so brilliant. I, I mean, it's crazy, but it's brilliant. It, the the version of that that's a little more accessible is what I heard on the Focus podcast and a lot of people are doing now. It's trendy. Is this work retreat thing where you get a hotel three hours from where you live and your whole purpose isn't to like see the town. It's to be in a different place and to work. So a lot of writers do this when they're trying to finish mm-hmm. a manuscript. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they drive an hour or two from home, you know, get a hotel for 50, 60 bucks. Like that's not be great. It's just a place to sit. You have nothing to do. You can't really, there's nothing to do other than work and you have no one bothering you and the financial costs you spend to get that deep work time is worth it when you're up against the deadline and you need to do it. So it's a, it's an intriguing idea. That, that is. And I think, so you said that one of the hacks that I had early on in my, my freelance dance career is because it was so hard to stay focused in my office. I would actually prefer to go to the client and work in their lobby or work in their saying, Hey, I'm going to work on this project. I'm going to, let me just hang out here all day that if we have any questions, we can, because I knew I wasn't going to do anything else when I was going to be in this. I mean, it doesn't work for every space. You're not going to go into like a coffee shop or maybe that's a bad example, but like a farmer's market, you know, you're going to set up on an Apple stand and like do your work, but um, having that dedicated space. So there is, there is science behind changing your location for activities so in my house, in my, you know, luxurious palace. Manor, um, as we call it. My, my lower level. I don't like calling it a basement. It sounds dirty. Um, <laughs> lo- lower level. But so I, I've got a, like a reading chair, like a reading a chair that that's my like morning reading spot. Like I go there. I've got a, a, a couch that I, I go there if I don't want to read and I want to watch TV and just zone out. Um, I think even having different locations within your own home. Like I use two monitors. How about you guys? Soon. Two. Yeah, I'm on one right now, but that's going to change soon. Okay. I had three. I may have a third one <clears throat> I'm putting up here. We'll see. I, I've tried. I've, I had three for a while too, like two big ones in here, but I couldn't see anything else other than like 50 inches of screen. So I used to have three. I went back down to two since I got the iMac and I'm missing the third one. Okay. All right. Um, well, what, <sighs> I guess where I was going with that is I've found activities that require one screen so i can take mm-hmm. my computer and go work elsewhere in the house when i get tired there you of go sitting at my desk so yeah um a little bit of creativity but i think all of us whether we've traveled some distant island or a mountain or even just a hotel in your own town that's just a different scenery i think it is important for creativity i think it's important for like sanity like emotional well-being um, to have that break. Well, think about it. I mean, if you like, none of us have an office space right now and you know, no plans to get one. We are all working from home 
in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. But if you figure out the expense you would spend on an office space, you could even do this work retreat once a month and kind of get all of that benefit condensed into like a few productive days. Like, you know, say a hotel, you get a good deal for $75, $80, you know, depending on the location or whatever. Do that for a few days. That's that's basically the low-end office space that you could get anywhere, say $300, $400 a month mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. You could do that every month and just have really three really productive days. Not to say you even need to sleep there. I mean, it's just a matter of it's a it's a place to be. It's an interesting concept. I, I don't know if I could if I have the need to do that because I do have a, a shed outside. That's where I work. It's it's isolated, but I do love the idea of it. I think it's fascinating, and the the plane trip is even more fascinating to me. That is so brilliant. Well, after. I mean, after COVID. I mean, after absolutely. COVID, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not. You're not, you're not deadly thing right now. Yeah, no, no. But yeah, um, no. That is that is fascinating. That is fascinating to. So so that's the thing too is I think sometimes we tend to be victims of our own circumstances, um, and everybody can fall into that mentality with like, but taking a step back and going, okay, what do I have control over? So also, I think that's a huge part about I mean, the reason we do freelance work, right? We kind of want some control over what we're doing. We, we like having that measure of control, but taking a purposeful control to your work environment, where you're going to do work, how you're going to be productive, um, and not just lamenting that you're busy uh, or that you're, you know, overworked, uh, but doing something <laughs> about it. That's interesting. The hotel idea is interesting, Brandon. I might, I, might, uh, I might experiment with that. Yeah, please do. I'd love to hear about it. Okay, so... That was that was good. Let's uh, let's kind of move into some. I mean, it's been a, it's been a minute since we talked about some of the things that kind of float in our boat. But do you guys have uh, have any any revelations of some things you've stumbled upon that are rocking your world? Got some, Marty. Kind of Brandon, you already said you kind of had. Yeah, something. I was yeah. I want to hear what Brandon's is. Okay, I'll, I'll start it. This isn't new, but it's just a new perspective on something we know about. Um, which is what's interesting too for this audience and all of us freelancers is that some of you may be on these platforms, but I have rediscovered my love for Fiverr. Now, this used mm. to be something that was a kind of a joke service at first. I mean, it was a good business, but it's like, yeah, I want someone to do something for five bucks or 10 bucks. Like it's in the name, you know, like really quick freelance work. It has become a professional freelance platform. You will find people charging thousands of dollars for things on there. Like it's don't, don't let the name fool you into thinking it's for cheap outsourced work. Again, you actually, as a freelancer, you might make some good money on here, like Upwork, which is another good one, but Fiverr in general. So I am a one man shop. I don't have anyone, you know, I have people that I bring in that can help um, with certain things. But for instance, I, I built a template, a presentation template for my new business. And I, it's, it's not great at all. Like it's very basic. I'm not a designer. It's just not not good. And I knew as soon as I did it, I needed to iterate and develop the next version. Well, Fiverr, if you search presentation design, take a look at the not only the huge amount of people that are available to do things in two days, like build 40, 50 custom beautiful slides, um, and ignore the prices where it's like starting at $5, where someone will do it for $60 in two days. Like, I'm not talking about the really bottom barrel stuff, which actually still looks amazing, believe it or not. I'm talking about like, I click pro verified, where it's the highest tier of their their um, freelancers um, based on their their skill and experience and client served. 
if you filter by pro seller or top rated seller, I combine the two and then I see what I've got going here. I still found someone that I'm about to use. In fact, I'm just about to place the order. That's going to build me just an incredible presentation for just a few hundred dollars. Like, I mean, tons of custom design work, you know, thousands of presentations made, tons of five-star reviews, just does a lot of great work. And it's like the amount of time for me, even that I spent to make my terrible template as like a starting point as like an MVP was more than two or three hours of, Mm -hmm. you know, at least two or three hours of work. And it didn't turn out the way I wanted to. I'm going to hire this person. They're going to get it done in like three days. And it's going to look very professional. This brought me down a rabbit hole. I've used Fiverr in the past for like custom logo work. Like I had to do some quick tweaks and it cost me like 10 bucks to have someone do it in a day like little editing stuff that I can't do. But you need to think about how you can outsource your business or offer more services through a Fiverr. And what I mean by that is like, take a look at their video editing section. I spent probably an hour or two on this today. I have no need for this, but look at the people that can make like explainer videos, uh, animated company introductions, you will be shocked at what you can get for a few hundred dollars in just a couple of days. And this is great for client work, like stuff that you can't do or need to off, you know, kind of get off your desk. Mm-hmm. You've got an entire network of people all available all the time to deliver quality work in like a day or two for many different price ranges. I mean, it can be a hundred bucks. It could be 2000 bucks, you know, depending on what you're looking for. But I've used Fiverr in the past for a couple of things, but this presentation need brought me back to it. And I just, it almost was hard to choose because each person looked better than the other and the prices are just unbelievable. They're just really good at what they do. Um, I, I found this guy, like these guys making these videos for startups and in three days for 600 to $800, you get a professionally shot video with a crew. They have actors and everything and they actually film your startup video. And it's, it's just unbelievable. The quality of this stuff, the examples in their portfolio that they've actually delivered on and it just, it, it makes your brain kind of open up about what you can offer through your business because you can manage these people and give them the direction, but they're giving you a whole network of resources that you can get done in just a couple of days. It really, it just, it just starts to expand what you do potentially. Mm-hmm. We all are specialists, but the stuff that you're not a specialist in, I'm a terrible designer. You know, I don't do good with videos. I, why not just bring in these guys and get it done in a couple of days? For a few hundred bucks. It's just unbelievable. It's gotten so good. I mean, everyone, if you're not on Fiverr, take a look. Um, the, the negative about this, I will say is, and I've had this conversation with Marty, is that if you're a designer or developer, it can be humbling to look at this and a writer. It can be humbling to look at what people are doing, the price they're charging for the type of stuff you do. But that's the, that's the one, <laughs> that's the reality check of it. But for this type of audience and market and what they do, it's a great resource if you need it. Yeah. I think we should do an episode on the, like the ways to scale um, and, and look at some of those different ways. So um, yeah, I, that's interesting. I, I tried Fiverr a long time ago for, uh, I needed someone to edit a PDF. It was like an 18 page PDF that I wanted to like be fillable. And I just, I knew how to do it. I just didn't want to spend the time. It was horrible. It was horrible. Hor- whatever service I got it was eight bucks or something stupid like that. Yeah, and it that's was, too cheap. You know, somebody in India that just didn't know what they were doing or had the right software tools to use it. So, and I was just naive and stupid and thinking that was going to be 
save me time, but I spent more time trying to fix it than having it made. But so, it sounds like things have come a long way in that, and <laughs> that it's more like a freelance marketplace. So it is, and it's not for everyone. I, I see Marty, he's a little skeptical. <laughs> But uh, I've, I've used it in the past. I've actually used like 99 designs too, which was, I had a couple great experiences with them. Again, these are controversial things in our industry because you can find people that do cheap work, but it's available and it's good and it supplements your work. So if you're really an expert and you charge a premium for your work, like I'm never going to be a designer. So why not get people that know what they're doing with that kind of stuff? And just the, yeah. just the where, where I'm at. Understood. And uh yeah, I think I have feelings both ways of why I think it's great and why I think it might not be. But also in a global economy, you've got you've got people in other countries that are incredibly talented that their living wage is a lot less than what what ours is here or their comfortable wage is a lot less than what it is in this country. So, um cool cool find Brandon. Um <laughs> I'll have to take a look at that the final product when you get it. I'm curious. Um oh, yeah, all I'm right sorry. Marty, what what do you got? What do you got this week? Um, I don't know if I've talked to you guys about this before, but uh, this is just a, something that um, I use every single day. It's called the DeLonghi Magnificent Super Automatic Espresso and Coffee Machine. <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. So we bought this. We probably bought this uh, maybe a year ago now or longer. Um, it took a dent out of our Starbucks, our daily Starbucks route, uh, routine. But, um, this to me is still is, you know, something that, you know, you buy and you're like, am I going to use this again? Uh, it's probably like saved us thousands of dollars in coffee, uh, buying it from other places and, or buying it or going out and, and getting coffee at Starbucks every single day. Um, <clears throat> that is my thing. I like that. I'm going to put out there just that, only because this is, I mean, if you drink coffee, this is kind of, this is, we've had a couple friends buy the, buy this one off of our recommendation. Uh, it is, I think the best one that's out there right now, but yeah. Okay. This is one of, this is our, this is what I use on a daily basis, actually. That's that's a we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, it's definitely a, a it is the magnificent super. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. It's great the question is, some great marketing right there. The question is how how many of those cups you drink a day? Just to uh, set a benchmark for freelancers. It's it's one to two. It's not it's nothing crazy. Really? Like that's it? Yeah, that's it. But I mean, I'm telling you, like you literally, you fill it, you fill the beans, you fill the, the thing up with beans, you fill it up with water in the little panel or the little side panel, uh, and you press a button and you put your coffee underneath it and it's two shots, two shots of espresso and you're done. That's awesome. That is awesome. We I mean, we have like a Keurig, like the Keurig with the latte thing on the side that like will right. rub up the latte. Um, does mm-hmm. that do that kind of too, like with the froth milk or anything? Yeah, does it all. You can create your own cappuccinos. Um, the, this one, you don't have to use the Keurig cups or, or anything like that. So mm-hmm. this one is just straight up. You just pour the beans in the top and you're good to go. 
I, I think I know what I'm going to use my, uh, my acorns, um, my acorns <laughs> investment proceeds to go towards um, <laughs> the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do with your investment. Folks. It's probably a little more maintenance, like a little more main, you have to maintain it a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, on a, on a weekly or, or three or four day basis, just kind of, you know, keeping it a little bit cleaner and, and emptying out the, uh, the, uh, the different the removable waste bin and the different things. But yeah, you can totally, uh, Melissa makes her little, uh, what is she like? Coconut, coconut, uh, cappuccinos. And I just, I, to me, all I do is just go up and hit the button and I've got my two shots of espresso in there. Uh, put as much water as you want. I mean, it'll fill, you know, it'll fill up your whole coffee cup, you know, so. Okay. It's awesome. That's cool. I think, I think caffeine is probably like an absolute essential to anybody who does freelance work. So, yes. um, I, I, I probably have three cups of coffee a day. You yeah. Know. And that's the, the whole thing. It's convenient because you just hit that button and you're done. Okay. That's All right. About. Choice. That's a, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's cool. That's a good choice. Um, so mine as it often is, is pretty random. Um, I saw a thing on, maybe it was on Facebook. It said, uh, if you could be what you wanted to be when you were a kid, what would it have been? So like when I was a kid, like being an archeologist, I thought it'd be super cool to like, you know, or what is that when the, you know, you you work with like older civilizations and like, I just think this stuff is kind of fascinating. You're finding stuff, you know? So on the Island, my find is actually from the Island. Um, my last day there, it was beautiful, sunny morning. And I went and just to watch the sunrise, sit on the beach, drink coffee, and just kind of like take in my last few moments. And as I'm walking the shore, looking at the rocks and stuff, I stumbled across uh, this, which is a shotgun shell base oh it's a base Mm. of an old shotgun shell so i just saw it there on the rocks and i thought well it's got some markings on the bottom so i got back home and i took a little little time on google did some searching uh this particular one was made between the years of 1884 and 1897 just a little little shot little metal i think it's brass or copper um but it's I mean, so the island was an actual island of, of people and they had, they had businesses on the island and it was like they, you know, I think lumber was the thing because that was what everybody did. But it was just kind of cool to like stumble across something on the beach that had been there for 125 years or at least in the vicinity, get washed up. And, and I actually, as a, as a bonus, um, I was doing some digging work in my backyard and I have a shotgun or a, a rifle casing from a World War I uh, shell. So, man. It's just like what, ra- just super random things. What I mean, what's going on up there, man? Uh, <laughs> hey, well, was, this was a practice shell. They the the research said so. Okay. This wasn't used to murder somebody. <laughs> I don't think. Um, this other shotgun, I have no idea. But no, I, that that's my find. Just I, I think that like look down. You know, when you're when your places, I you know people on the beach are just finding random unique things. Do that's I cool. need this in my life? I don't. But I see it. It's a little little memory of the island. But like. Man, just think about the history of like what happened. Like, why was this fired or was it fired? You know, like what, what was the scenario for that? So, uh, that's my, that's my cool find this week is, uh, if, I, if, if, if using a metal detector, like, wasn't like even more nerdier than the things we do, that's where you'd find me. I'd be out on the beach with a metal detector. I'd be that weirdo. Hey, we've got plenty of guys around here that do that. Yeah. And they're not <laughs> nerds. They're the coolest people okay. on the beach. That's true. <laughs> okay. Actually. 
they're not nerds at all yeah do they make do they find a lot of cool stuff oh yeah mm-hmm. tons of stuff jewelry all the time yeah he'll yeah. find he'll find yeah he finds a bunch of stuff he found my ring i lost my ring he found it did he make you like ransom pay him back like <laughs> hold it hostage <laughs> be terrible um all right well cool guys hey it's been awesome to uh to hang out back together again and uh yeah nice uh nice conversation so i guess then until next time we'll we'll uh, see you guys later Hi. thanks see you Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freelance Dance. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.